This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Happy 32nd birthday to my boy Jason out in California. Have you been out to uh, or been by Aggieville today? No, but looking at your notes, I know where you're going with this. The the latest addition to Aggieville is long overdue. I saw it yesterday, actually, in the construction process. I saw a picture of it today also in, well, yes, construction process, but it looked pretty close to being done. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, right there at the intersection of North Manhattan and Bluemont. There is a new Welcome to Aggieville sign. And it's one of my favorite things they've ever done when it comes to all the new, like the renovations and all the new things being added to Aggieville. I think that part of it is long overdue. I love the, uh, you know, between Lucha mm-hmm. and Tanner's, that area. I think it looks great. The parking garage, I think, was very necessary. People complaining about having to pay two bucks after you've been there for two hours is very silly to me. The The only complaint I can understand is the folks who have to work part-time down there and are in place for longer than two hours. True. They are offering parking passes, though, right? Uh, they are offering parking passes, but unfortunately for those employees, they're having to, for the most part, purchase them themselves. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't know that part. The the yeah. yeah. So there are some issues there to be ironed out yet. Well, my recommendation there is uh okay, so if you really don't want to pay for parking, there's side streets. Just, you know, it, walk a couple of blocks, get it, get some steps in. It becomes more and more of a challenge though. I know. I I, I get where you're going with that. Especially with uh, construction coming to Fremont along City Park. Now you're going to have <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Manhattan. I expect every time I turn my car oh. into a different street, construction. Construction, yeah. And yet, oh, never mind. That That's a whole different topic. Now, I will say with the new Aggieville sign, there is a part of it I'm not a big fan of. In like an arching matter, it says Aggieville. And then beneath it, it says welcome to. thought that was an interesting decision. To put the welcome to underneath Aggieville. Now, what I would have done, using my creative brain, juices, you know, the 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 wheels are always turning up there. I would have put the welcome to above Aggieville in the same arching style, but that's just me. I do love a good arch over uh, an entranceway. I think it's a very classy look. I'm with you on it. I think it's a very clear. I was surprised that it's set back just that touch from the intersection itself. I, probably because of 
the alleyway more so having access to be able to put that in rather than that first block across from Triangle Park? Now, at the end of at the end of uh, Morrow, mm-hmm. do you put thanks for coming? And then, you know, by City Park, do you put a sign that says welcome back? Because I've done <laughs> many of laps to find parking, like, you know, before, of course, the parking garage, all the extra parking that's been put in. I've done many laps, taking a right mm-hmm. after you get to the end where, you know, um, oh, gosh, Nico's right there in the corner yep. now. Yep. Take a right, go to the stoplight, go back, like especially if I'm trying to go to Chipotle or something, doing a lot of laps. I always come back in that one way. I felt like that'd be a good welcome back sign. Always. Plus, a lot of people park over there. Yes, they do. Ballfields, City Park. Listen, let's take this one sign at a time and take the one that we've got and progress from there. It is a good look. And get the streets I, fixed. Yeah, streets too, for sure. Uh, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale and Travion Berkland. We're on for two hours. This is our last show of the week uh, because we have baseball coming your way Friday. Really, all afternoon, all evening, Friday. Royals will start a three-game series right in San Francisco. Correct. 2.30 pre-tomorrow afternoon, 3.10 first pitch. There you go. And the Batcats will play after. Uh, there has been a change to the Batcats' schedule. They were supposed to play today, tomorrow, Saturday in Austin, but due to rain in Austin, uh, today and tomorrow, they have moved the series to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday because of Easter Sunday. That's now obviously going to change. What is now going to be now what Casey has to look forward to is now playing four straight days uh, because they will play a game on Monday. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that with Creighton coming in on Monday. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a busy four days after today for the Batcats. Uh, It makes you wonder if they won't try to reschedule or shuffle that Creighton game since it's a non-conference. Yeah. I I don't know. Probably not. I mean, granted, then after you get through that, they could. could. I'm just floating it out there that you get after that and you don't have a game again until the weekend at Kansas. I'll let that news come to me. Valid. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we, we just talked about something I thought was classy, the new Aggieville sign. Well, what's the opposite of classy? Trash. I believe. Um, so today was the first Royals game that I watched a considerable amount of innings. And then the rest of it, actually, when I stopped watching, it was when the Royals started to score some runs, which was the eighth inning. And by the way, gosh, th- these these games are going way quicker. Yeah, way it, quicker. It's great, isn't it? I mean, I there was I, I felt like there was a bit of a difference in the college game with the pitch clock. Um, and it wasn't like you know some pitchers weren't working quickly. There's a decent amount of college pitchers that work quick, especially on K State staff. There are a number of them that like to work quickly, not because of the pitch clock. I think that's just who they are, especially when they feel like they're on a roll. Mm-hmm. They'll move a bit quicker. And managers love that. I know that for sure. Uh, head coaches. Uh, but, you know, the college game is moving a little bit quicker. Major League Baseball is moving way quicker. Yep. The, the Royals today was, what, two hours and 25, 30 minutes? A quick game. But also, it would go a little bit longer if the Royals would have some offense. Right. 
And that's where this is a very pathetic start because it feels like this offense shouldn't be off to a slow start. And when I say slow, I mean really hasn't even started the engine. You're not even idle at this point. No. You're, still, you're still trying to put this car in drive. It's painful right now. The Royals, I, I, I know this is early. Any manager, I mean, I feel like we heard it from Ned Yost a bunch. Mike Matheny would give us this runaround when he was the Royals you know, head coach for a few years. But dev- I definitely remember hearing it from Ned Yost. The bats will come around. They'll get going. Just take some time. They're in a slump. Just takes a minute. 095 for your leadoff guy today. Well, the Royals enter today batting 155. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Witt Jr., 2 for 21, 095 batting average. One of the two was the homer he hit today. And I don't really have a problem with any of the pitching right now. I, I don't... I don't know if I really have any complaints so far. I mean, Jordan Lyles did not have a great outing today. It was a weird day. He, he yeah, gutted it out to get six innings, almost six innings of, of work. But, you know, by that point, the hole was already dug for an offense that hasn't been doing anything. Well, in Toronto, the, the Blue Jays, remember hearing the stat, in their first six games, they had had nearly 90 base runners. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't the easiest uh, team to really pitch against right now. No, it's not. Um, the fly is that the Royals had an opportunity against a Minnesota team that is decidedly average to open this season and did not take advantage at any of that stretch. Um, four games against Toronto, you're right. It's not a good series to have to have especially when you're struggling. Well, and you're at home. You get the, you get the seven-game home. home stand to open up the season. You go one in six. You get blanked three times. And yet I think the Royals pitching like has been good enough in a lot of these games to go win those games. And you're not getting any offense. Lyles had a real up-and-down day. Five and two-thirds innings, five runs on eight hits. They were all earned. He still struck out nine. He goes five and two-thirds and threw... 106 pitches. Now his ERA is up to 491. Like he, I think he, man, had some really good pitches today. Some weren't so great. 095, 111. Sal is at 263 going into the day. 118, 182, 125, 071. No average and no average for your bottom two holes today because, well, they're relatively young. Prado just up. And Nick Eaton has gotten only 10 at-bats to this point. Well, and Vinny Pasquantino has stunk. 118. Uh, Edward Olivares is maybe the only one that I've been okay with. And even there, it's a 182. Is that what he's down to now? Mm-hmm. I think he was at 250 when he started the day. But of course, it's early in the year. It's going to go way up and way down, depending on your day. Um, but, man, it's a pathetic start. It's about as bad as you could think to start the year. It is, other than the fact that there is a one in there. I mean, let's face it. This this team very well probably should be over to start the year, given how badly they're hitting the ball. And the conversation is about how hard they're hitting the ball. And, yeah, they're having a lot of bad luck right now with how hard they're hitting the ball. But 
luck doesn't last a week like this in terms of your hard hit balls. Bad luck does not last a week. It's it, it's astounding that this team is as offensively challenged as it is right now. I'll ask you this. Do you think the Royals should be, because I'm sure you've watched and paid attention way better than I have, I'm sure. You're a big baseball guy. With the approach that these opposing pitchers are taking, obviously because you just got to move a bit quicker and be more aggressive, maybe the Royals should start to be more aggressive at the plate. Strikeout numbers are probably too high. That is one of the aspects of it. Another thing that is at play is even when they have been a little more aggressive at the plate, they've gotten themselves out on a bad foot or have not looked good uh, trying to jump on that Swinging first pitch. at maybe some bad mm-hmm. pitches. Mm-hmm. So for the moment right now, uh, you know, this is a team that literally has almost everybody slumping. I had, That's unreal. I had the you know the radio call going in, you know, listening to the radio call, also had the TV on, and I don't know how many times I heard t- you know today, and also a little bit yesterday, of Denny or somebody I don't know the new name the, the new Jake guy, Eisenberg Eisenberg saying something like swing and a miss, you know, bad swing, mm-hmm. yeah, on a bad pitch, yeah, because they're trying so hard right now. That's what happens when you get this deep into a slump. You start to really press. And you've got young guys, completely new staff working with these young guys, save for the hitting coach in Zumwalt, who's a remnant from last year. But in the grand scheme of things, guys are pressing. It, it's evident by what those strikeout numbers look like and the number of bad pitches that they're going after. Well, like Troy said earlier, three-game series against the Giants start uh, tomorrow in San Fran. Giants are hammering the Twins or uh, hammering the White Sox today. Oh, was it the I, Twins got I snowed out? Yeah, Twins got snowed out. Oh yeah, today gotta love that for your uh, opener. Three ten tomorrow. <laughs> we'll have a doubleheader of the uh, Royals and Backats tomorrow here on Came In with No Show. Uh, we'll have a three-day weekend, Troy, Troy woot, woot. and I. Yeah, just, uh, just in time to do my taxes. Great. When we come back, it is our final Thursday conversation with K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. We'll get his thoughts moving forward with what should be a stacked roster for the K-State women's basketball team next year and his thoughts on the current status of women's basketball collegiately in general. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Girl, next. Thank you, Troy, for that game sports update. I'm not a big golf fan, but the Masters had me at $5 beers and $1.50 egg salad sandwiches. Better that than the pimento cheese sandwich. I was talking to Paul earlier about that, and he said that's the sandwich to get. He's never been, but that's what he would get. That's nuts. Actually, uh, Bill. I think Bill's the only person here that's been to the Masters. He got tickets in the lottery, but it was for... One of the you know practice rounds. Sure, still, 
which would still be pretty sweet. And actually, uh, coming up in this hour, I want to uh, give some stats on the Masters, not so much about the field of play oh. and what takes place there. Not the concession stand, it's the merch stand. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Do they make bank on on the merch stand? I'll there's, get you. There's a reason why the concession stand is as cheap as it is. The latest update on that is isn't is incredible. What they make in 7 days for the Masters week. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later. Do we still have our caller, Trey? All right, let's uh, let's get to the phone lines. 537-1350 is the number. Our good friend Terry is on the phone. What's up, Terry? Hey, uh, Mitch called Troy a guru, baseball guru. But uh, so uh, the second inning where uh, guy got on to second and there was two outs. And I thought the scores were kind of lenient, but the next batter he threw a nice pitch and it went foul territory and the sun was shining, I guess. And instead of uh, first baseman getting the ball, the catcher called him off. The ball hit his glove and went in the Royals dugout. Then the next play, next pitch, uh, he hits a double up the middle. So, why, you know, and the guy scored. Why wasn't that an earned run? And couldn't they gone back and gave it him an error? No, because of it being in foul territory, that's not seen as an error. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, so. a, it's as simple as that. You're absolutely right on your train of thought with it, but because yeah. it's a foul ball, they will not saddle anybody with an error for that. Oh. Seems like college they do. <laughs> so I don't think they do. I, I don't recall one taking place. Yeah. So yeah. that was my only question I had about about that play. So, so. okay. Well, thanks, thanks Terry. Yeah, they're 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 going to lose their audience if they keep playing like this. Yeah. <laughs> Just another yeah. year. <laughs> I appreciate the call, Terry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I Terry, I hear you. The baseball has so many ways to score a play that'll drive you nuts. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's also why that you know they tend to try to have someone assigned as their primary scorer, so that at least you get some regularity at home. Oh man, witnessing you know Jordan, who's the new SID, and now she's the official scorer for the games. It was the same thing with Chris. You know, everybody has an opinion oh, yeah. on how a play should be scored. But it's not like always, you know, the same opinion as everybody else. It's hilarious the amount of text messages that will come into whomever is doing the scoring at a K State game. In Jordan's case, now, yeah. uh, in Chris's case, before, in terms of if somebody disagrees with it, can't tell you how many times an opposing, like the visitors' SID, will come in and try to argue that also was that. actually yeah. a hit, not an error, and try to get you to change it. it. That is extremely frustrating to me. Just let. The person that's scoring the game, just let them do their job. Just let them do their job. I understand, like, asking, you know, weird plays do take place. And, like, if you want to make a call, if it's a hit or an error, you might want to see a replay a few times. And then you might want to, you know, get other people's opinions. And I've given my opinion a few times on a few plays. But, you know, when the person makes the decision – Right after seeing the player, maybe one replay and announces to the box it's a hit or an error. Let's just, you know, let's leave it at that. Let's not make a big deal about changing things unless, like, the coach really wants to make a change or something. <laughs> maybe you should listen to the coach. All right. right. Uh, let's see here. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to Jeff Mitty. This K State women's basketball team has wrapped up their season, wrapped it up in the third round of the WNIT with a loss at Washington. That was a really rough night where the defense played very well. Offense with with 
I think it was Jalen Glenn that got hurt in the game, turned her ankle, and uh, you know that was all she wrote for the season. Unfortunately, Washington actually made quite the run in the WNIT. They lost to KU actually, mm-hmm. and KU ended up winning the WNIT. Uh, let's hear from Jeff Mitty as the season is wrapped up. Looking forward to next season. That's going to be a stacked roster next year, guys. I'm just telling you right now. I think it's going to be one of the best we've seen in the last 20 years for K-State women's basketball. Plus his thoughts on the current state of women's basketball at the collegiate level. But to kick things off, you know, coaches are now looking into the transfer portal and trying to find what they need. We're looking in the portal. We've got two of our players that have entered the portal. So um, I'd like to add some depth along the front line. That'd be an area that I'd like to add. And then um, uh, I'd like to potentially add uh, some depth at the guard spot as well. Who are the players that jumped into the portal? Uh, Mimi Gatewood and Taylor Lauterbach. Were those decisions kind of mutual decisions? Yeah, just in conversation. I mean, uh, Taylor wasn't getting, you know, the playing time that she'd like to have an opportunity for. And obviously with Lee coming back, that's a, that's a um, yeah. And, and Mimi just... Um, uh, knows that uh, you know wants more playing time than I feel like I can offer her. Mm-hmm. How are Gisela, Jamia, and Yoki doing as far as recovery? Yeah, good. Um, Gisela is uh, 100% cleared. Um, now we'll progress back into that. So she started some contact stuff mm-hmm. here. Um, Jamia is uh, the same way. Um, she just got cleared. Um, now, once again, cleared is really just get back on the floor restrictions um, I don't see a benefit in when you only have a two to three we played late this year obviously so I don't see a benefit in taking a player that's been out for an extended period of time and throwing them right in we'll get them back into the basketball things and then they'll be ready to go when they come back in June um, Lee is going to be much longer I mean Lee's progressing great pain-free for the first time probably in her career here that's the most exciting thing uh, she feels great about it but we knew that this uh, type of surgery was going to be a, a longer uh, extended uh, recovery time. So I'm hoping that we get to um, midsummer and we're kind of into the non-contact work on the court with her. Can you imagine what it's going to be like Yogi and Gabby and Serena and the Glass sisters just all together next year? I can't imagine that. <laughs> I like that thought. <laughs> I do. I do. I like that thought. And, and uh I thought as uh, up and down this year was, I saw good growth in Serena, the Glenn twins. I I saw Gabby continue to gel with that group even better. Um, And so, yes, I absolutely can't imagine that and um, feel like we've got a good vision for what that looks like going forward. So we're excited about that. But, you know, I I think it can be a uh, positive that we had to play without Lee they had to take big shots and, and they had to do things maybe, particularly the three sophomores maybe had to do things a year earlier than, than maybe they thought. Um, and and I, I did think they grew. I thought uh, Jalen Glenn, uh, both ends of the floor, really grew throughout the year. Bradley had such a, um, gosh, that, that ankle injury just, I mean, she, she turned that thing three or four times mm-hmm. in significant turns, not just tweaks where I'm talking go back and look at the picture and the ankles halfway on the ground type turns and she's such a tough player um, 
it's it's really not fair to assess. She never really got into a rhythm. You saw her play very well, shoot the ball much better down the stretch. And then Serena, I thought, really uh, had some good growth areas. Um, while she struggled from three, um, stayed the course, really finished around the rim better than any guard maybe in the league. Um, she finished around the rim at a clip that uh, we haven't seen guards finish, and, and that, that was a, a huge improvement. Uh, for her. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this offseason and excited about uh, seeing some of these pieces healthy. What about the development of the, the freshmen coming in this next, with this recruiting class and yeah. mixing them in, especially with a veteran group, you probably don't have to put a lot of pressure on them right out of the gate. You know, I think that's always interesting when you get, you, you know, you look at a player. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we think we've got to, we were really excited about Hess and, and Taryn Sides. Both had really good senior years. Uh, both can shoot the basketball very, very well. We did not shoot the ball very well this year. We needed to add to that, so we feel good about that they're going to contribute in that area. But you also don't know till you get them in here. And um, we've gotten see, to see Taryn for a long time, so you think you know, but we'll see when we get her in here. And, and uh, Hess, uh, same way, same way. We haven't known Hess as long. And so getting her in here, seeing how hard of a worker she is, seeing uh, how her skill set meshes with the players we have, that, those will all be critical. You know, a year ago when we brought in the freshman, Eliza Moppin, for example, you could see right away Eliza athletic ability was going to give us some opportunities to utilize her. And we saw that throughout the year. But what Eliza did was a pretty consistent worker, pretty steady for a freshman, didn't have a lot of distractions, where she's supposed to be, when she's supposed to be there. All those things are, all those things contribute to how quickly they can help you. Looking at this season's result and comparing those two, I guess what your honest expectations were, especially when you found out you wouldn't have Lee this season, how do those two square? Well, I was disappointed that we didn't uh, compete better in January. January was not a good month for us. We did not play well at home. You know, I was disappointed in that. I, I think this team, uh, we gave away some opportunities in that stretch. You know, now, now is to grow up through that. We were not a team that could win very many nights when you're not playing well. And in a 35, well, however many games we played, 36, you're not going to play great every night, but the really good teams, the really mature teams, the teams that find that formula, they win on they win on nights when they have their C game. Mm-hmm. We didn't win very many nights when we had our C game. Some of that was what I talked about earlier. Defensively, we did not play as tough as we needed to. So we've got to correct that. You know, you go. Uh, um, we've got to correct that. Um, regardless of who's on the floor. The, the five on the floor have to be able to find a way to, to be more successful on nights when you have your C game. I'd like to know your thoughts on um, the current state of women's basketball in the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily the Caitlin Clark yeah, injury yeah. situation, but the viewership for the national championship game. Uh, I mean, was some of that star power, was that needed at that point in time to get the viewership up or just people talking about it? Yeah, no question. No question. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the state of the game's great. Uh, I think you've got more people. Uh, star power gets attention. And then when the star power plays like Clark did, <laughs> and the star power plays like Angel Reese and her teammates played, that's going to garner a lot of attention. I think it's good for the game. 
Um, I think it's great for women's basketball. It's the right time for us as we go into separating the TV deals. I think that's going to be a monster play for women's basketball. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think this. We've been, people will say, I think viewership is up for a lot of reasons. And this won't be a very popular, necessarily, opinion that people talk about. But I think it's because part of it is I think you can bet on the games. The demographic that we have missed has, when I've sat in the meetings has generally been 25 to 34-year-old males. 35, 36, 37, 38, and you have daughters. Now you're coaching them. Now you're, now you're going to games because of them. But that demographic, when you talk about star power and you talk about Caitlin Clark, but also the ability to, oh, I'll bet on the games. Uh, it, it, yeah, I'm going to pay attention. So I do think that demographic is being reached more. Um, I also think that our game is, um, I think people are liking the quarters. I think they're liking the advancement of the ball. I hear more comments all the time about, boy, I wish the, the men's game would go to the advancement of the ball late. I wish they'd go to quarters. I think it's uh, I think it's helped us. I think it's helped us. I think when people watch our games, I think I think they've enjoyed watching the games. So I think there are a lot of reasons. Star power. I do think the I do think the uh, uh, being able to uh, not only being able to bet on it. People may not bet on it, but you know how it is. It it adds importance to it to some extent. It get, it, it it gives validates it a little more that oh it is as good a game as, as the guys and so um, and then people start to follow it more so I think there are a lot of reasons but um, I think the state of the game's uh, pretty good right now pretty good right now bringing that topic even more locally um, you had good crowds this year throughout the yeah. year and um, I'm guessing a lot of enthusiasm with uh, Lee coming back what have just what's been your experience with the enthusiasm locally with, for women's basketball here you know, I, I've said numerous times I was amazed when we did not play well in January. I would, <laughs> I'd be concerned that our crowds were going to drop, and then I'd show up and I'd be like, I, I'd be just amazed that that our fans were really so good this year, and really appreciative of that because I do think it's easy. Uh, it's certainly more fun when teams are playing good, but I can tell you that um, your team needs you more when maybe you're struggling in a game team needs the fans more when maybe the other team's playing great and, and you're struggling and so yeah our fans were great all year all year uh, NIT I was I was amazed uh, I really was I, I was surprised you know spring break that's always a challenge and yet walked out there against Wichita State had a great crowd worried about the next one because obviously Wichita State being in state worried about the next one with Wyoming it was another good crowd so yeah our fans did everything they could do and uh, hopefully they're excited about next year, so we'll hopefully pay them back a little more next year. Coach, I think you will, and I, and I hope that the fans are excited for next year. As I said a couple days ago here on the show that I feel like the roster that we know is going to be ready to go for October of next year in the beginning of the season is going to be one of the most talented we've seen the last 20 years. Ever since K-State made its run, 2001, 2002, 2003, won a Big 12 championship with you know Oldie, Wecker, those teams, mm-hmm. this team is going to be, I think, 
in that caliber of talented. But that's a ways off from now. And I and I always try to I always kind of get ahead of myself, especially when I'm excited about something and about football, men's and women's basketball next year. Yeah, it's gonna be really exciting. We're not quite there yet. However, not done with the women's basketball team yet. While I was there, we talked to Gabby Gregory, K-State's leading scorer at 19 points, five rebounds a game a year ago. I was like, you know what? While I got you here, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby Gregory, let's play a little Meet the Wildcats. That's coming up next. Still to come an hour two of the game. Travis Kelsey has started an event that'll be later this month. It'll be draft weekend. And I hope it's an annual thing. Hope it's not just happening because the draft is in Kansas City this year. I think it's a genius idea. Also still to come, <laughs> the Pac-12 still doesn't have that TV deal. It's not going to ha- be happening for a little while. The hilariousness of that storyline continues. Uh, plus number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything. Number one song of the day will take us to the 80s. But first... As we continue on with Hour 1, continue with K-State women's basketball, it is Meet the Wildcats time. Haven't done one since football season. Meet the Wildcats with K-State senior Gabby Gregory. Let's meet the Wildcats with Gabby Gregory. Favorite athlete growing up? Uh, LeBron James. He's still my favorite athlete. I think he's the best basketball player on the planet. Do you have a dating red flag? No. None. Is there something that you're afraid of? I would say my biggest fear is probably being buried alive. Do you have a favorite sports movie? Doesn't have to be basketball. Mm, loving basketball. I feel like that's cliche, but loving basketball is the best. Do you have a dream vacation? Bora Bora. Is there a reason why? I just think it's beautiful. Are you a cook? Do you have a best dish? I don't cook anything. <laughs> Terrible. So you, so you don't cook because you think you're bad at it? I honestly don't one I don't have the time for it and then two I just like never really need to like if I want something to eat I just go buy it or I have PT obviously go to performance table or we get food at the gym but I never really am like ooh, I'll just make something <laughs> yeah take advantage of the perks right um so I'm in a spot in my life where I'm just re-watching shows I love but I need a new binge watching recommendation for a TV show what do you got for me uh, obviously the best TV show ever created um, Breaking Bad uh, if you haven't seen that obviously gotta watch that um, another one equally as good just a separate genre would be The Office great television shows I, I think I've watched The Office all the way through I think nine times and I've seen Breaking Bad I think four times all the way through I think Randy and I we've watched The Office all the way through probably 50 times combined <laughs> uh, I'm over 30 have you watched Better Call Saul? I have, I have. I'm actually like watching it right now, so I haven't like finished the whole thing, but I'm currently watching Better Call Saul. It's also amazing. You got a go-to karaoke song? Mm, you could probably play anything like Beyonce or Destiny's Child, and that would be a good karaoke song for me. What's your favorite holiday? Uh, I don't know. I'll maybe say my birthday slash Christmas because they're so close because my birthday's four days before Christmas so they kind of just get lumped together so probably that time it does suck that they do get lumped together sometimes because people like forget about your birthday or you just get one gift for both yeah they give you a gift and they're like happy birthday slash Christmas I'm like that's the worst but that's like a good time of the year I would say growing up when did you know that the folks were a little bit 
upset with you? <laughs> um, if you've ever seen my dad at basketball games, especially if I miss a free throw when he has that look on his face, uh, you know that you did something bad. So if you ever watch one of my games and you look at my dad up in the stands and I just missed a free throw, just, just engrave that look in your brain and like you're scared. But is that anger or is that just he wants you to be the best you can be? I think it's anger. <laughs> I think it's anger and disappointment, just pure disappointment. Was he your coach? I mean, he taught me how to play basketball. He was okay. never my coach, but like he was the one that taught me how to shoot and has rebounded for me my entire life. And yeah, he thinks I should make every single free throw I ever shoot. So if I miss one, he's pissed. All right, so the last one is, and of course, a make-believe fight. Would you rather face 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with one duck-sized horse. Or what is it? No, one horse-sized duck. Yes. Yes, I'm going with the one horse-sized duck. I can't even imagine what that looks like, but I feel like I could take it. A hundred? A hundred little... Little horses, that's a lot. But I feel like I can take one giant duck. All right, Gabby, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Gabby's really cool. I love her personality. She's a bro. Like, she could hang, anybody can hang out with Gabby Gregory and have a good time. She'll probably make you laugh. You'll make her laugh. The, the fact that, she, that out of the box, dating red flags, none. <laughs> really? She could put up with anybody. Everybody has a dating red flag, right? Nope. She's cool with everybody. No problem. I'm Gabby, and I'm awesome. I'm also really good at basketball. Uh, all right, finishing up our number one of the game. When we come back, the Masters makes an insane amount of money on, not concessions, the merch table. <laughs> Those numbers coming up next. All right, we finished hour one of the game. The Masters taking place right now. We got it on the TV. It's on ESPN. John Rahm still uh, in a three-way tie for seven under. And be first place through day one. Mentioned earlier that uh, the on-course interview that took place with Rory McIlroy earlier with ESPN involved. Uh, Max Homa on the Masters getting a walk and talk as well. He goes, I just realized people look at me talking to myself, which is making me self-conscious. <laughs> when it comes to popular brands, should we start talking about the Masters logo as being one of the most popular logos to purchase? Talking about the, uh, the United States of America in yellow, outlined in green, with the flag and cup planted in Augusta, because I was doing some reading earlier today about you know how you know the Masters makes all its money, because the uh, you know the concession stands are famously cheap, mm-hmm. five bucks for a beer. We're talking you know domestic or import beer, the fancy stuff still five bucks, and you get a good cup with it too. I hear you can buy a barbecue sandwich for a dollar fifty. You could buy a breakfast sandwich for three bucks. Heck, I mean, you could live there and still, you know, save more money probably at uh, the Masters than you would at Taco Bell. That's unbelievable. So, I I never knew this, and maybe you did, Troy. Maybe others did, but I'm just now learning about this, and I find this to be very fascinating. So, for the Masters, 
for seven days. The merch stand is open for what I believe is 10 hours a day. It is estimated that the Masters every hour will make $1 million in merch sales. And I saw a picture from the line earlier today, and it is probably so you have about eight lines to the merch table, and all lines are at least probably 50 to 60 people back. Yeah, that's about right. That makes perfect sense because it's a vacation for many. If it's you're lucky a, to get it, a ticket. Right, exactly. It's it's a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. for many. Yeah. And for others, they're just the diehards, and they're going to get something every year. Yeah, and you got to get something with the Masters on it to mm-hmm. commemorate your, your, your day there. Uh, it is estimated that the Masters, uh, you know, Augusta Nationals will make $70 million in merch sales this year. They weren't so private, they'd make about $250 million a year. Dang. Yeah. That's a lot they leave on the table. All right, hour to the game will feature Pac-12, still a bunch of ding-dongs. Travis Kelsey, going to lead off with that, has uh, uh, an interesting endeavor he's going to be starting later this month. That's next. Your local news.